Welcome to the Broad Visions Q1 Year 2015 Earnings Announcement and Investor Conference Call. My name is Vanessa, and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. Please note, we will be taking questions only from the participants who have left the required information on their line. Please note that this conference is being recorded, and I will now turn the call over to Mr. Peter Chu. Sir, you may begin. Thank you, Vanessa. And good afternoon, everyone. My name is Peter Chu, CFO and Vice President of Strategy and Products at Broadvision. Welcome to our 2015 Q1 financial results announcement and conference call. I will first provide our standard cautionary comments on forward-looking statements and other legal matters, then review the first quarter results, which were announced in a press release earlier this afternoon. Next, I will provide product and marketing updates together with Ty Levine and then wrap up with a summary. As always, I will be pleased to take your questions following the formal portion of the call. Some administrative information. During the course of this conference call, Broadvision may make forward-looking statements. All forward-looking statements included in this call are based upon information available to Broadvision as of the date of this call, including statements regarding our expectation of future financial results and product releases, and Broadvision assumes no obligation to update or correct any such forward-looking statements. These statements are not guarantees of future performance, and actual results could differ materially from Broadvision's current expectations. Actual future results may be impacted by various important factors, including, without limitation, changes in the market, competitive environment, and macroeconomic conditions. Additional information on potential factors that could affect the company's financial results is included in the company's periodic reports on Forms 10-K and 10-Q and other documents filed with the SEC. All statements and information can also be found on our website at www.broadvision.com under the About section under Investor Relations under the Overview page. You can also view our SEC filings and historical financial results under the About Us section under Investor Relations under SEC Filings page. Now on to the first quarter results. Our Q1 2015 results in terms of P&L, balance sheet, and other operating highlights. On revenue, Q1 total revenue were $2.5 million with $1.1 million in licenses, $0.9 million in maintenance, and $0.5 million in consulting services. Sequentially, this compares to Q414 total revenues of $4.3 million with $2.7 million in licenses, $0.8 million in maintenance, and $0.8 million in consulting services. In comparison, Q114 total revenues were $3.0 million with $1.2 million in licenses, $1.2 million in maintenance, and $0.6 million in consulting services. Q115 revenues by region were 44% Americas, 25% EMEA, and 31% APJ, compared to 60% Americas, 13% EMEA, and 25% APJ in Q4 of 2014, and 39% in Americas, 26% EMEA, 35% APJ in Q1 of 2014. As we've discussed in the past, we expect our geographic mix to fluctuate somewhat from quarter to quarter, mainly due to our small footprint. Now, on expenses, on a gap basis, total operating costs 
plus cost of revenue were $4.6 million in Q1 2015, compared to $5 million in Q4 2014, and $5.4 million in Q1 2014. Regarding income, in Q1 2014, we generated a gap net loss of $3.6 million, or 0.74 on the dollar per basic and diluted share. Compared to a net loss of $1.6 million, or $0.32 cents per basic and diluted share in Q4 2014, and a net loss of $2.3 million, or $0.49 per basic and diluted share in Q1 2014. Moving on to cost centers. Looking at our four main cost centers, first, cost of goods sold. Concentrated mainly on cost of service and cloud hosting was $0.8 million in Q115 compared to $1 million in Q4 2014. Second, our R&D expenses for Q1 2015 were $1.9 million, the same as Q4 2014. On sales and marketing expenses, Q1 2015 were $1.1 million, which is the same as Q4 2014. Finally, GNA expenses for Q1 2015 were $0.9 million uh, compared to $1 million in Q4 2014. On the balance sheet items, as of March 31, 2015, we had $36.3 million of cash and cash equivalents and short-term investments with no long-term debt compared to $37.1 million at the end of Q4 2014. Accounts receivable were $2 million at the end of Q1 2015 compared to $3.3 million at the end of Q4 2014. Day sales outstanding in Q1 2015 was 73 days compared to 71 days in Q4 2014. Prepaid expenses and other current assets were $1.3 million at the end of Q1 2015 compared to $1.1 million in Q4 2014. Other non-current assets were $0.3 million at the end of Q1 2015, same as Q4 2014. Accounts payable were $0.7 million at the end of Q1 2015, compared to $0.5 million in Q4 2014. Accrued expenses were $1.8 million at the end of Q1 2015, compared to $2.3 million in Q4 2014. Deferred maintenance was $1.7 million at the end of Q1 2015 compared to $1 million in Q4 2014. Unearned revenue was $1.9 million at the end of Q1 2015 compared to $1.6 million in Q4 2014. Other non-current liabilities were $1.2 million at the end of Q1 2015 compared to $0.8 million in Q4 2014. Let me provide a business summary, given what we've just gone through. Um, Q1 2015 revenues were significantly lower both sequentially and year-to-year, mainly due to declines in our legacy business. We continue to be impacted by currency fluctuation, and this quarter's impact was $1.4 million. The declining legacy revenue base, which is the majority of our revenue mix, will continue to dominate the overall financial performance until a significant install base of new product revenue is established. The company is committed to invest and focus on our new social and collaboration products and will continue to invest and execute diligently.
Now I will invite Ty Levine, Vice President of Marketing, to provide an update on sales and marketing. Ty? Thank you, Peter. As you know, we began marketing and selling Vimoso, our new unified communication and collaboration solution in Q1. We positioned Vimoso in the middle of the market where security and mobility are key issues for the enterprise and we, where we feel like we have a great chance of success. We continue to focus on the theme that BYOD, the concept of bring your own device, is quickly becoming a standard and organizations need a platform that works seamlessly across both the desktop and mobile ecosystems. Vimoso does just that. But a great platform must have security features, IT leadership demands. Feedback has been positive in this area. Broadvision's history of creating detailed products with strong security features resonates. In quarter one, we have seen over 80,000 users migrate to Vimoso. We feel this is just the beginning. While all enterprise sales cycles are long, we are confident we have the product and message to attract interest and adoption. Mobile and security are at the center of the Vimoso strategy, and we communicate these two value propositions in all of our MarCom activities. In today's interconnected world, Vimoso's integrated suite of communication and collaboration solutions, email, instant messaging, content sharing, project management, and social networking, increases workplace productivity through improved collaboration and communication, whether across the hall, between distributed locations, and around the world. Vimoso is at the center of a new generation of solutions that, that fit employees' mobile productivity needs and yet preserve the enterprise's requirements for secure and effective management of shared information. One area of opportunity for Vimoso are industries with a heavy reliance on dispersed workers. We live in a distributed, flexible world where colleagues and even customers never actually see a person on the other end of the conversation. Vimoso addresses this workplace productivity challenge and will help lead this revolution. Vimoso is now available through our website and through select mobile stores such as the App Store and Google Play. Users can download the free personal and Soho version of the product. The enterprise version is available through our sales team worldwide, which can be reached at sales at broadvision.com. Now a little bit on the go-to-market strategy. We continue to invest in business improvements in the sales and marketing front. Our content marketing strategy is starting to bear fruit with increased engagement and traffic to our website. We will continue to increase our focus on the Vimoso channel on the Broadvision website and expect a significant increase in content this quarter. Traffic will follow. More white papers, use cases, product videos are in the pipeline. You can already seeing that or you can already see that on the website so far this this year. I encourage you to visit broadvision.com where customers can find and learn more about Vimoso and other Broadvision products while being able to download and sign up for Vimoso quickly and easily. This quarter, we launched a variety of inbound marketing campaigns. As I previously stated, we have refined our messaging and feel confident that we have the right mix to introduce, attract, and engage our target audience in Vimoso. Our goal is to quickly get into the collaboration, communication, and workplace productivity discussion and leverage our decades of enterprise experience becoming thought leaders. We are doing this on a global basis and are seeing good sales engagement. The market has many different segments and we believe we have a version suitable for organizations of any size. Now I'll turn it back over to Peter. Thank you, Ty. So 
To summarize and bring some conclusion, we are very encouraged and excited by the feedback we have received from the Vimoso launch in Q1. In our conversations with the prospective customers and partners, we are ever more bullish about the demand for secure enterprise mobile collaboration. We are working with these early partners to address industry-specific use cases, and their valuable feedback is in turn shaping our product roadmap. As such, you, you will see us fine-tune our sales and marketing programs to go better, provide better support to our direct and channel efforts. We have added new executives to our team. Ty Levine as VP of Marketing and Fadi McKillian as General Manager of the Americas. These are individuals who are seasoned executives with deep experience in growing companies. Messaging and collaboration is an exciting market opportunity but not without competition, as with all promising endeavors. The need for enterprise-class secure communication and collaboration is an important agenda item for global organizations of all sizes, whether it is a company of a few hundred people located across multiple continents or a multinational enterprise with hundreds of thousands of employees. They share the same need for productivity and effectiveness. Our timing and investment in the social mobile communication and collaboration platforms are well aligned with these market opportunities. The Emosa's positioning and value proposition is differentiated based on our core technology investments. Our focus on security and privacy management, the coexistence with email and document management systems, and integration with enterprise systems of records are essential to enterprise adoption of collaboration solutions. The private hosting capabilities of Emoso offer our customers the flexibility to host data at specific locations of their choice while collaborating with Vimoso users around the world. Vimoso's patented email service integration offers customers a unified inbox to conduct business with greater agility, accountability, and productivity without abandoning their existing investments or processes. Last but not least, we are developing various integration solutions for the enterprise systems of records to offer our customers truly unified infrastructure for document, messaging, workflow, and engagement management. So Vimoso highlights mobility while emphasizes enterprise class security and privacy through the unification of email, instant messaging, file sharing, workflow, and social networking into one cohesive and convenient user experience. It is a productivity tool that enables users to engage with anyone about anything, from anywhere and at any time. It enhances the hybrid networking approach pioneered by Broadvision for organizations to engage their internal and external workforce, partners, and customers. Vimoso is a secure and unified communication collaboration platform for global enterprises to easily provision and organize their agile and mobile users around the world. With that, Thank you for listening. Now let's open it up for your questions. And thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star, then one on your touchtone phone. And if you're using a speakerphone, you may need to pick up the handset first before pressing the numbers. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then one on your touchtone phone. I am standing by for questions.
And once again, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchtone phone to be placed into the question queue. And we do have a question in queue from Ed Shapa, who is a private investor. Please go ahead. Hi, yes. Uh, this is Ed Chapo. Um And uh, regarding the um, the letter that was received from uh, Merlin Investments the way back to seeing if, other than your response, if that's any, of any interest of the company moving forward or expanding, it's just going to uh, look for partners or anything like that. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you, Ed. Um, so... Regarding that, yes, I think uh, what we what we got direction from the board and sharing with the shareholders is that the board has e evaluated the different options. You know, these are times where people ask questions, and we always do our homework and evaluate where we are, where we're going. So, having assessed, you know, what we're doing with this new social collaboration platform, especially with the launch of Vimoso, and with the company diligently managing the resources and investment, as you see. Uh, you know, from a standpoint, we're moving forward and we're starting to uh, put our, put all, basically aligning all our resources, sales and marketing, and previously the R&D and product management resources. And as I said, last in last quarter, 2015 is the year for us to make something with a very, very, very new, innovative tool in a very exciting marketplace. And it's only been a couple of months since we had that mm -hmm. conversation, but as you can hear from Ty and myself, where you know we're highly encouraged, and I think we've actually really honed our message. We've built a team. We have the product, and we're just going all out right now for promoting the product. Got it. Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you. I'm standing by for further questions. As a reminder, if you have a question, please press star then one on your touchtone phone. And we do have another question in queue. From Bill Morrison with Oppenheimer. Please go ahead. Hello, thanks. Um, just a couple of you know questions from the 10,000 foot level. Um, could you just um, you know give the revenue model for Vimoso and how that differs from Clearvale and um, Broad Vision Nine? Is it a premium premium model or is how do you recognize revenue and um, what does the pipeline look like, look like? Thanks. Okay, uh, great. That's a very good question, Bill. Thank you. So Vimoso, from a pricing standpoint, and because of the nature of the product, it's a cloud-based SaaS product that will be sold on a subscription basis. Uh, it's very similar to Clarabel. It's on a monthly subscription, and because of the delivery of service from the cloud, we'll be recognizing revenue as all cloud-based revenue on a monthly sort of ramped-up first basis as, as, as services are rendered. Uh, obviously, there are, there are premium services on top of that. That's the basic subscription model. For example, people can do private domains. People have extra security options. There are a lot of premium options that can go on top of that. Uh, that kind of completes sort of the product pricing of that. But there's one element that's, that's actually very different, uh, is that with Vimoso, it's a new architectural product. As I mentioned, one of the key investments is to provide the capability to have what we call private or directed or on-premise hosting. So a user can choose to have uh, the data specifically located in their own data center or in a geographically located uh, hosting partner of their choice. 
Uh, having done that, the system is yet still what we call interconnected across all of the Vimoso universe, where the collaboration and communication still works with any other user. So this kind of gives you that very nice combination of both the flexibility, the interconnectivity, but yet the security and privacy are very, very carefully managed by the customer specifications. What that offers is actually, you know, some we can do these dedicated hosting prices to provide that extra level of service. And this actually is, is, you know, generating a lot of interest for people who have no other ways of controlling that, given a lot of the cloud solutions they see out there today. So I think that's the one, one additional, uh, I think, very, very differentiated and also well-received option that we're actually working with customers trying to roll that out at this time. Uh, and from that standpoint, I think that covers, uh, and then there's, you know, business model-wise, it's very similar to Claravel, which we've been doing for the last three and a half years. And, but, you know, all these cloud solutions is quite a bit different than the legacy stuff we've been doing for the past 20 years. Hopefully that covers most of the, mo most of the items, Bill. Yeah, thanks. Um, another question on the security. What type of security are we talking about? Um, are we talking about, like, IPSEC? I mean, what, how, could you define the security features of the product? Yeah, okay, great. Uh, so the security is actually at the multi-level. I mean, first of all, there is the, uh, what we call the infrastructure security. Uh, well, let me start with access security, which is people can choose uh, if they already have their own, let's say, authentication system, they want to use uh, different kind of encryption systems. This is all for whether it's, you know, an existing LDAP infrastructure, people use Google Sign-On, people use the different kind of infrastructures. We can give you the option to tap into the encryption authentication flavor, whether it's PKI, otherwise, of choice, right? So people have enterprise standards and we want to play with the standards that they feel is appropriate for them. So that's at one level. At a second level, it's really the secret sauce or something that we've been doing for 20 years. It's about access control. Uh, people who are familiar with the IBM environment know ACLs very, very well. Uh, that concept, has, the concept is just as valid today. That is, you have roles, you have users, you have the concept of enterprises, you have the concept of in-enterprise, out-of-enterprise. So when we put that combination of the different mix together, you can see how information when it's shared among the employees and then they have a separate constituency called partners that get some of that information but not all and then you have ultimately customers. You share information in this one ecosystem across the three different constituencies. It requires, you know, very fine-grained control on who should see what but at the same time communication is instant so that they should all see the same thing. So that's sort of what we call the access control where you know, we've, we've done a lot of work in that in all of our history, but we've refined it into the cloud model and made it relevant in a social context to make tasks, to make documents, to make your conversations secure within enterprise. This is one of the biggest differences between our tool as an enterprise-grade tool versus all the consumer tools, which are, you know, uh, probably behaves similarly, but how you treat data is radically different. And I think the last piece or the third piece of this security and privacy management is where we, we, we give customers the capability to dedicate where they want their data to be hosted. This is more privacy than security, but the privacy part is just as important in that if I am a EU, uh, U, uh, let's say, customer, that they are now uh, moving towards, in fact, some places mandated where, by regulation, the, the data they collect about any citizen or users of that country have to reside on within the geography. And that's a capability we can provide. We let customers pretty much direct where they can have the data stored, whether it's on their own data center or in a local data center, 
uh, but yet have all that, all those users be able to interact with other users globally. So that's one of those, I think these, these are the three rings of uh, security and privacy that consists of, a, I th we, we think, a, a very robust approach to managing security and data. And the, uh, you know, the voice and video, you know, communication protocols that you use, um, are these, you know, bespoke applications, somewhat like WhatsApp, or are they more like uh, Volte, or the, you know, they, they use the IMS stack? How, how do they? Yeah, how, well, from that standpoint, you know, there are a lot of different implementations out there. Uh, you know, one of the things that everybody faces, including us, is that it all has to go over some public transmission network. So on that part is when you can have, for example, encryption and authentication on top of it, as I mentioned, it adds a little bit more to the security, right? Uh, but the actual passing of the data, but in terms of the actual data type itself, aside from authentication and encryption, we really can't touch that much more because we are leveraging a lot of public infrastructure. We're letting users use standard type of um, uh, technologies or, or to call it, you know, whether it's MP3, MP4, different type of uh, interchangeable data formats. So we put wrappers around it, we put authentication, we put access control around it, but the fundamental data type still has to be universally mapped. So we're not inventing any proprietary protocols per se, but we're using the best of breed as customers specify them to put wrappers around these things. Okay, good. And then on your go-to-market strategy, what, what does the pipeline look like? I mean, is it, uh, do you have a, you know, is it direct or indirect or both, or how do you do this? Yeah, um, so on this part, it's, uh, you, you pointed out very well that we, we've always gone with a two-pronged strategy, and obviously there's a staggering factor in that. So at the current, as you hear me, that we're engaging both on a direct basis, this is for us to go out and really sort of work with early partners in select sectors because we want people who will help us shape the specific use cases and identify the real key solutions that the industries are embracing. And whether this be manufacturing, financial, or we're seeing transportation, logistics, these are the areas where, and also retail, these are the four areas where there are a lot of need for this kind of uh, what we call time-shifted, uh, space-divided, and a flexible working sort of uh, infrastructure that people have. Uh, so to, to your question, you know, how we're going to market, so we're doing, you know, as a company that is, uh, has, you know, limited sales force and resources, we're a small company in that sense compared to, uh, you know, certain other size companies, we're building the lighthouse cases. We're going to the industries, working with thought leaders to create these solution templates. But at the same time, we are very, very savvy, you know, having the history of working with key partners. So we're picking partners in select geographies. We have pretty good coverage in, in parts of Asia-Pac. We have good, as traditionally you've seen, the partners such as NTT and SoftBank. We're working with similar partners in the EMEA region. And, uh, you know, we're actually also ramping up such efforts within the Americas right now. So this is where, you know, we've actually built, uh, added to our team to add talents who are actually very, very savvy in these areas to go to market. So what I meant by my first comment on staggering is that we're out there doing the direct uh, implementation right now, working with people to refine the solution. And as the customers, as the partners come on board, they will take these cases and put it into a much more scalable way of going to market. And that's how we've always done it. Lighthouse, partners, and then scale the formula on both sides. And, and you know, what, um, I mean, who, who are your partners and um, <clears throat> how do you expect, uh, I mean, what, what's the feedback so far about, you know, the, the 
you know, applicability, the size of the market, your ability to win, and and um, you know, just all the other noise out there that you know it seems like there's a lot of these uh, you know social mobile platforms, you know, that are, that, are, that try to penetrate the enterprise. I mean, how successful are there? Any early indications of the, you know how successful this might be? Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, what you refer to as noise. It's both good and bad. I mean, that's how we take it, right, is that there are a lot of education going on from all camps, and I think that's perhaps in some ways the good side. Uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of outbound work. We're actually seeing some inbound stuff come in because of, if you want to call it the noise or the excitement about uh, mobile and social collaboration. But, you know, being that noisy, what we try to filter out is to say, let's go after the people who are truly looking for an enterprise solution. Because what, oftentimes what we find is that it's still not clear as far as, you know, the markets out there to really differentiate. Do they really, you know, they hear a lot of options. And the line between enterprise and consumer apps uh, for, you know, what Ty mentioned as a BYOD phenomenon, I think really blurs that line. And when we go out there with a very, very specific enterprise-centric message of saying, do you really care about security? Do you care about integration? And do you care about coexisting with your existing investments? I think that's when we find that our solution actually zeroes in on a segment of the market that's highly differentiated and the needs are very, very different. Now, to answer that, do we know that we, you know, is, is there any, can we tell that this is a winner? I think we're, we're, we're getting very good feedback. This is, this is the thing that they're looking for. Uh, customers are still trying to figure out, you know, uh, from the noise, what do they really want? But when we present them with these very, very specific value propositions, we're, we're getting we're, we're getting the interest. So, but at the same time, you know, these enterprise solutions being having launched in just basically a quarter ago, they take time to develop. And I hope to have more information in the upcoming calls. We'd love to share them with you. But at this time, it's still early. But the feedback is very, very strong. Okay, great. Thanks. Appreciate it. And thank you. If you would like to register for a question, please press star, then 1 on your touchtone phone. And if you're using a speakerphone, you may need to lift up the handset first before pressing the numbers. And I see that we have, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we have no further questions in queue at this time. I will now turn the call over to management for closing remarks. Okay. I want to thank everybody for joining us in the call. And I think that one of the things that we're, we've said before is that this is the year for Vimoso. So you'll be hearing a lot more from us, uh, hope, you know, in between the calls and during the call. And I look forward to speaking with all of you again in one quarter's time. I want to thank you for your time today, and we'll see you in Q3. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. We thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.